Welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast. I am your host, Alex Harriman, and this is our co-host, Jerrica Rydell, and we are the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness. Thanks for joining us here for this episode. Uh, I don't even know what episode we're on anymore, but it doesn't really make a difference. You're here listening and we appreciate it. What's new? Um, not too much. The past, um, the past couple of days, we've been doing like a little bit of a landscaping project at my in-laws house. Um, I'm just helping them dig basically like doing like labor, like digging up the backyard, that kind of thing. And, uh, it's like so so as you know and as we're actually going to get into today I'm, I'm doing about a 15 pound weight loss cut right now and um one of my goals one of my rules for this 15 pounds of weight loss is that i have to hit my move goal on my on my um apple watch oh yes every single yeah. day so i set myself some basic rules and one of them is that move goal and i'm so i'm freaking doing this landscaping like every day digging and like working hard and at the end of the day the watch is like telling me I've barely moved <laughs> and I'm like really it's just like it's not registering like the motions I'm doing I guess because you go for a walk it gets the whole thing it's amazing mm-hmm. but I guess just because like I'm standing pretty still like doing a lot of digging in one place it's not registering that and because that's one of my goals so I'll be doing like a full day of landscaping I'm like ah, I have to get that move goal now so I'm like out walking after a full days of work I'm just so tired just sleeping so hard <laughs> you should try it before you start the shoveling like put it a workout on that watch so at least it'll recognize like okay your heart rate's elevated true maybe I don't know true that's a good point um and that actually so last year we we did a 30 kilometer hike and it was mm-hmm. like a charity event and I, I put it into workout mode and it died within like, oh, um, I don't even know. Like, oh, because like a whole day event. Yeah. It was tracking like GPS and everything. Right. So mm-hmm. so it was going to take us the full day to do this hike. And like halfway through the day, it died. And I didn't know how many steps I got. And it was just Nothing. like, it didn't even count. It's so discouraging. <laughs> uh, yeah. If it, if it doesn't count, you don't see it on your watch. It, didn't it doesn't happen. count. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's what's been going on with me. So I've been getting extra steps in every day, just trying to get that move goal happening. That's awesome. So, okay. Give everyone a little background on why you're doing this and where did it all start from? Cool. Um, so for, for everybody who hasn't been following along, um, basically last October, I broke my ankle. Um, once I broke my ankle, I, I, I didn't really change much other than I wasn't training as hard. So leading into that, I was, I was training, um, I was lifting weights probably five times a week. Uh, I was running on top of that probably three times a week yeah, and then walking like every day. So lots and lots of movement, burning tons of calories, broke my ankle, couldn't move at all for the first little while, couldn't do anything. And, and basically I just kept eating the way I was and I wasn't eating poorly, but definitely eating too many calories. And I understood that. I mean, I mean, I was aware of that, but um, I didn't really try to limit myself. I wasn't too concerned about it. Um, 
you hear of most breaks taking like six to eight weeks to heal. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to come out of this flying. Um, it was, it was a bit more complicated than that. And next thing I knew I was, I was, wasn't down and out for five months, but it was, it was about five months before I could like lift weights seriously and, yeah. and do that kind of thing. I'm still not running properly. Um, so I, long story short, I barely worked out over those five months. I would do some like upper body stuff, some arm stuff, but it was, it was like in comparison to what I was doing, definitely not burning the same amount of calories, definitely not getting the same amount of movement. There was a lot of sitting around, laying around all day. Yep. And I really didn't change my intake at all. So uh, over the course of those five months, I gained about 15 pounds. Um, so I decided to kind of make this a public thing and, and bring some of our our members along on the journey and, and share some of my journey with the listeners along the way. Um, so I'm just basically documenting my journey to 15 pounds of weight loss and, and highlighting some of the struggles and wins and successes and all of that, that our clients see. Um, but, but to show them that, you know, it, it's, this is a real thing. It happens with everybody. Yeah. And I like that you, you're showing them, you're being really real and raw because I think it's important that they understand that it's not to overcomplicate it. Like, you know, Alex, he posted for everyone listening, he posted exactly what he ate and did that whole day to all the members. And they got to see um, the journey, which was really cool. I saw your post the other day and it's like, I ate this, 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 and I drank this much water. And someone commented like, Oh, like that's pretty basic, like pretty simple, but that's the whole idea is we don't need to overcomplicate it. So before we get into like my specific goals, right. um, the way that I am doing this is the same way we do it with our clients. I'm, I'm trying to stick very closely to the plan that you and I would use with anybody who joins the Breaking Absolutely. 90 team. So uh, I set some pretty basic goals. I'm only going to strength train like three or four days a week, three, prob realistically, probably three days a week. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be crazy long strength training sessions. I'm going to do like 40 to 50 minute strength training sessions. Perfect. Um, I'm trying to walk almost every day. And then oh. as my, and oh. then as um, anywhere from like Anything. 20 minutes to an hour, depending Perfect. on what, what we have planned and what we can do. Yep. Um, and then uh, as my ankle heals up and I get, better at running because I haven't run now in like six months I will yeah. slowly introduce running but as of right now I haven't introduced any running so it's um, walking and strength training three times a week walking like daily if I if I can and it hasn't happened every day but it's it's most days and then strength training those three days a week on top of that um, and then I'll, I can get into my my other specific goals but that's that's basically what I've started with that's awesome and how have you been feeling so far um, feeling really good. Uh, so I guess I should, I guess I should just start with my rules. So what, what I am doing is I'm, I'm using our point system. So in breaking 90, we have a point system that we manage our nutrition with. Um, but I'll just talk about it in a caloric sense because a, a lot of the listeners, most, it'll be easier. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm trying to eat in a very small deficit, which we, we recommend for most people. Um, sustainability yeah yeah yep. sustainability uh i mean we want our energy to be high we want ourselves to be able to perform in our workouts if you we often find that if you create too big of a caloric deficit i guess just start off by giving 
the listeners what what is a caloric deficit i think that's important if you if you quickly want to yeah yeah so when we're eating at a when you hear the word maintenance calories and we're eating maintenance calories that would be um, an intake of food that would, would keep us at the same weight every day so when we put ourselves in a slight deficit um, we're eating below our maintenance calories which would yield fat loss in the long term if you wanted to gain muscle mass or gain fat uh, even a bit of weight then it would be eating in a surplus yeah that's right so so caloric deficit just eating a little bit less than we're burning um and that, that's so that that's what i tried to create and, and whether you create that with calories or however you create that at the end of the day you need to eat less than you burn in order right. to lose weight. So I've created a small caloric deficit um, because what, what we often see with people who create too large of a caloric deficit is um, their energy levels drop, their cravings grow, and then they fall off the wagon and they end up binging because it was too restrictive. And you, you right. see it all the time with the 28-day diets or the 14-day diets, the, the, the really quick fixes. People do really well in the short term and it's too hard to stick to. They fall off the wagon really hard. So um, we recommend a smaller deficit, which is going to take you a little bit longer to get to your goal, but you don't feel too restricted. So, um, I'm, I'm about three weeks in at, at the time of recording this. So, um, it doesn't, yeah, about three weeks in, yeah. uh, I've, I've lost about a pound per week. So I weigh myself daily, just as, just as we ask most of our clients to weigh themselves daily. And I want to tell them why we ask them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason we like daily weigh-ins is because a lot of people let the scale control them. Um, they, they probably would weigh in daily, even if we told them not to, but we might just not see the data. So my, our theory is if you're going to weigh in, we made it, we may as well see it also. And the reason we do that is because we want to start to explain why these variances are happening on a scale. So if you weigh in seven days a week and you notice some weigh-ins are going to be really high, some weigh-ins are going to be really low, most of that movement and that play day after day is water retention. So what we do is we take those seven weigh-ins, take an average, and that's your weight for the week. That's your average weight for the week. But for the person weighing in day to day, it starts to play those head games with you. I, I ate really well yesterday. Why is my weight up? Well, we can start to explain that and we can start to go over that with our clients. And I think it makes weigh-ins a little bit more tolerable as you start to understand why there's such large day-to-day -day variances on the scale. Yeah, I, I agree. There's such an important lesson with understanding um, water retention. And we went over this in, in previous podcasts, um, but like you said, it's, it's teaching them that it's okay to see a spike, even though you did everything right, kind of in mm -hmm. quotations, right? Because then, then we explain all these other reasons and then not to stick a number to how you're feeling. So um, no, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's a great lesson. Yeah. And, and part of, so you, you mentioned I'm, I'm documenting every day, everything I eat every day and my weigh-ins, uh, if I get to the scale, like most days I'm putting my weight in, there's a couple of days where I'm not, I don't have a scale with me. I won't weigh in, but that for the most part, same thing as we ask of our clients weigh in most days of the week. So I'm recording all of that so that, uh, our, our clients, and I don't know what I'll do with all this information at the end, but, um, I'm sure if people want to see it, I'll share it with them. Um, but you can see the day to day, like, like some days I'm down four pounds, some days I'm down two pounds and that's, that's cool. That's, that's part of the journey. And, and over time, hopefully that average, while it will, right. that average will keep moving because I'm going to keep maintaining a deficit. Exactly.
Um, Give me another one, another goal, another rule. Okay, yeah. So the the caloric deficit is the big one. That's I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely. That's necessary. <laughs> um so then one of my other rules is a liter and a half of water before i eat or drink anything else for the day that is a really interesting one to me um a liter and a half is quite a bit of water it is but that kind of leads into what i'm trying to do also is yeah. push, push my first meal a little bit later That's in the day exactly my next question um I enjoy bigger meals. So, so you call it intermittent fasting if you want. It's, I'm not really following a strict uh, IF plan. Like I'm not saying I eat at noon every day. Some days it's, some days it's 1 p.m. Some days it's 10 a.m. my first meal. Um, but I try to push that first meal a little bit later. And the reason I do that is because I like big meals. So then yep. if I don't eat until 1 p.m., that means between 1 p.m. and the time I go to bed, I could cram all of those calories that I'm eating, right? <laughs> and you enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just purely because that's what you enjoy. So right. I love, I love coffee. Um, so I challenged myself a liter and a half of water before I have my coffee basically, or my first meal. So um, I've got a one and a half liter Nalgene water bottle that I carry everywhere with me. Yep. And once it's done, yep. I brew my first coffee. That's, that's how my day starts daily. And it, it's not like I'm rushing to get it done. I'm not chugging that in the first half hour of waking up. Uh, it'll yeah. take me a couple hours and then I'll have my coffee. That's awesome. And we push the for water first thing in the morning with, with our clients. Not saying you have to have a specific number, but it's a great tip that we always say. Like before bed, fill up a water, right? You wake up, it's already room temp just because it's easy to drink. You walk to it, you, you chug it in the morning or you sip on it and then you go on with your day. It's a great way to get that water in and it really helps start your day off on the right foot. Yeah, that's, and that's what I've been doing. So yeah. I'll, I'll have my liter and a half ready sitting there, wake up at 5.30 most mornings mm -hmm. and I drink probably, I don't know, a half, somewhere between a half a liter and a full liter in like one chug. And and then what I do now, part of my routine for this this challenge for myself is I'll drink that water and then I go into the living room and do the Limber 11. Awesome. So for anybody listening, the Limber 11 is just a quick mobility routine that Joe DeFranco has put out. It's, it's a really good mobility routine. It it's, takes, I don't know, 10 minutes to do it. Um, and I'm trying to start my day with some mobility work and that water. So that's two wins I start my day with every day. Love it. Cool. So we've got deficit. We've got water in the morning before coffee or anything. What else? Uh, so then compounding on the water, I'm trying to drink at least three liters total, total. every okay. day. Um, which I mean, once you do the first liter and a half <laughs> yeah. early in the morning, isn't that hard. So no. most days I'm blowing that out of the water, but that's, that's kind of my, my bare ass minimum, right? Even on a mm -hmm. bad day, have to hit three liters of water. Awesome. Um, the next one is two fist size servings of vegetables minimum. And that's the same thing. It's a bare ass minimum for me. Most days I'm having salads I'm having omelets and I'm having things that are like, I'm probably having, I don't know, five fists. Right. Right. But on a really bad day, I have to have two fists. You're still getting your two. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and then to, to counter the, the vegetables, five palm-sized portions of protein. And that's, that's how simple I'm keeping my nutrition tracking right now is at least five palms of protein. Most days I will have six or seven, but five is my minimum. Perfect. <clears throat> um, that's what we do, again, with our, our members. We try to keep it 
quite simple in measuring, especially if you're, right? We don't want you to carry a scale with you everywhere. Look at your palm. Is that, look at the piece of chicken. Yeah, it fits, that's good. I think like we preach sustainability a lot. Yes. And I think if you want to create sustainable habits, you need to make things simple. Yeah. Um, I think counting macros and weighing and measuring things is really great for knowledge purposes, but it's, it's really tough for somebody to do that for life or expect yeah. somebody to do that for life. Absolutely. I think counting is a great reminder sometimes when you find yourself maybe in a plateau or things like that. And you're like, mm, maybe my, I'm, I'm eyeballing that thumb of fat and maybe it's actually two thumbs. So maybe I should weigh it out and just kind of have a great eye opener. Mm-hmm. You do that for maybe a week, reset yourself, understand your portions, and then go back to keeping it simple because we're human and we're busy. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so then my next guideline for myself is just close my, my three rings on my Apple watch. So if you have an Apple watch, you know what that means. If you don't, basically you're, you're setting like a step goal for yourself daily that you have to hit. Same thing, set a bare ass minimum, make it pretty easy most days, but it challenges you on the hard days. So if I'm like getting close to bed and I'm like, ah, I still got to get 20 more calories or whatever, then I'll, I'll go do stairs for five minutes or, yeah. or, or I'll make sure I take the dog for a little walk or something. But it's just something to push you a little bit outside of your comfort zone there. What I do really like on the Apple Watch, obviously not saying you need it or anything like that, but is the stand goal. I think people um, overlook the stand goal and it's just a simple reminder that at least once every hour to stand up. People get, can get so caught up in sitting at the computer screen for hours on end. And, and it, all it requires, I think, is like 60 seconds to yeah. two, I don't mean 60 yeah, seconds, six, yeah. 60 seconds of that whole hour. And for some people, that's actually quite a struggle, right? When we should stand up and do even a quick stretch for 60 seconds. So and I love that one. When I first got the watch, I didn't find that challenging at all. The, mm-hmm. uh, the 12 hours, but, but that definitely, um, was an eye opener over, over the past five months of not moving as much of COVID not going out of the house mm-hmm. as much. Um, and now they actually let you adjust that. So it doesn't have to oh. be 12 anymore. You can actually increase or decrease it, which I like, because as, as we grow, we should continue to challenge ourselves. Right. right? Yeah. Um, because most days that that's not very difficult if you're, no. if you're, um, on your feet a lot during your, the day if, if you don't work a job. desk job yeah. yeah yeah um cool so another rule that i set is no food after 8 p.m cool doable uh, how's yeah. that working yeah, yeah it's good and and yeah. and the reason i like it is because it's just a hard stop so you don't even have to think about it you're like okay eight That's o'clock it. i'm i'm yeah. done eating like this that late night snacking that often tricks people isn't mm-hmm. even an option because I'm just not eating past eight. And yep. also, uh, most nights I'm in bed by 10, 10 30. It gives my body kind of time to digest some of the food that's in my stomach. Like I, I don't, from a caloric deficit standpoint, it doesn't matter if you eat right before bed. Like a lot of people, a lot of people are afraid that eating too close to bedtime is going to store fat and all that kind of right. stuff. That's fine. That's not the reason I'm doing it. Um, I just don't want like to have a bunch of food in my stomach, try to fall asleep. And then my body's going to deal with all of this. Right. It, a lot of people report having more terrible quality of sleep if they eat right before bed. Right. So yeah. um, I do the same thing and not even for any specific reasons. It's just how you feel. And as soon as I usually get hungry around nine, nine thirty, And that's just when I go to bed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think sleep is like one of the most underrated, undervalued aspects of fat loss, weight loss, exercise in general. Um, I think these little tricks that you can put into play can make a massive, massive difference in your sleep quality, which is going to affect your recovery, which is going to affect the way that you lose fat at the end of the day. Yep, I agree. Um, so that, that brings me right into my next two points, really. But the next one is uh, no technology after 10 p.m. I like so. it. That's been uh, one that I started incorporating ever since you and I have, have chatted about that. So it's tough, yeah. but it's good. It is tough some days for sure, um, especially like if you're working late, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it, it really, it really um, challenges you to set your priorities straight because I mean, most of us can shift things around during the day to accommodate that tech free time before bed. Yeah, I'm starting with 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, start with a smaller scale. Yeah. Um, and then eventually work your way towards an hour tech free. Um, but it doesn't have to be an overnight change. But that that's another one that really affects your sleep quality. And and it Definitely. just feels good, right? Like you don't yeah. you don't feel like you've accomplished anything by scrolling Instagram at 1030 at night while you're laying in bed. It's not it's not doing anything not, for you. Read exactly. a book. Yep. Um, or go to bed early. That's what I just do. <laughs> I read a book, I'm sleeping in the first 30 seconds. Well, my intentions are always to read a book, but there's nights where I'm like, okay, like I can't go on my phone and I don't really want to read. So I'm just going to get an extra 15 yeah. minutes of sleep. Yeah. And that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only do my reading in the morning. So I get up okay. at five and I, I do 20 minutes of reading. So that's oh, cool. My, or 10 minutes of reading to 20. That's yeah. cool. I, yeah. I like that a lot. That the one one thing I did during the the time I was busted and laying on the couch <laughs> is I set reading side a time set aside reading time every day, and yeah. I loved it. Um, now my schedule is like a lot more chill than the average human being because I was literally tied to my coach, but I'd have like an hour a day where I just read and it was like, that's amazing. Like that's, that's something that I will look forward to being able to do again in my life someday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I do 10 pages of nonfiction every day. Cool. Love that. Yeah. Um, what book are you reading? Do you have one on Um, right now? How bad do you want it? Cool. I just started it, but I will report back next time. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, The last goal is just trying to get seven hours minimum per night of sleep. Sleep. That's it. And you just count that. Like you go to bed at 11, you wake up at six. That's good. A lot of people like to put a lot of emphasis on what their, their Fitbit or their Apple watch or whatever it is, is telling them of their sleep quality. I don't really believe that it can measure your sleep quality that accurately. I think it's just measuring your movement in general. Um, And I mean, it's, it's, we got to control the things we can control, right? Like if we're, if we're getting rid of our tech time, if we're getting to bed on time, if we're eating early enough, we're winding down properly. What time did you go to bed at? What time did you wake up at? Did you control that? Did you allow for yourself to at least have seven hours or whatever your goal is? Some people it's six, some people it's eight. I find that seven is a good number for me or more, but seven's a really good foundation. Yeah. And then just taking a second to wake up and say, okay, how do I feel? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that enough? Was that not enough? And then making those adjustments. Yeah. And, and it's, it's all, it all comes down to consistency in our nutrition and our exercise and our sleep, like doing seven hours, most nights versus doing seven hours every night 
you will feel different. <laughs> like yep, absolutely. I, getting seven hours of sleep every single night, I feel amazing. If Just I get like it, that. if there's those occasional four hour sleeps in there, that, that will catch up. <laughs> oh, big time. You, you can't beat that. <laughs> no, no. Having one, one 10 hour sleep and one four hour sleep isn't the same as getting two sevens. No, I uh, recently, I have to, I can pull it up, but I recently read a, an article about um, consistent sleep times and it was, it described that, I think I mentioned this in a po- podcast or a chat with you before, but so even if someone's getting six hours of sleep every night and they're going to bed and waking up at the exact same times versus someone who gets a random eight, a random four, a random 10 and randomly going to bed and waking up. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who slept at the consistent sleep and wake times actually yielded better results in whatever the study was, was showing. So I, I should pull it up and tag it in the post, but that was really interesting. It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, our bodies crave routine and everything. Absolutely. Do, right? I think that was the bottom line. And so even, even though my goal is seven hours, my, my big goal is 1030 to 530. And I try right. to stick as closely to 1030 to 530 as I can, because even on the weekends, that's like my body, that's what my body craves. And when I do it consistently, I feel the difference, a massive difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, so those, those are my guidelines. Those are my goals kind of over the course of this. And I haven't set a timeline because I don't, I don't really believe in a timeline for weight loss because that it's out of our control, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we don't get to decide how long it's going to take to hit a certain weight. We control the actions we take to get there. Exactly. Controlling what you can and, and then seeing what happens. Yeah. So, so I've set consistency goals for myself. I have to do all of this stuff 80% of the time or more. And, and so far mm-hmm. that's been good. Um, I'm losing about a pound a week right now, which is awesome. I, I don't feel hungry. I have lots of energy. My workouts are good. That's exactly what I'm shooting for. Um, and as it starts to change, I'll, I'll adapt with it, but that's, that's what I'm going for right now. And it's good. That's we're awesome. Yeah. So. I love it. It's been fun also on my end, just seeing different things that you do or seeing different foods eat. So I think everyone can relate. That's following along on your journey. It's always fun to get some new ideas. So, yeah. And if anybody has any questions about it, uh, for sure, reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat about it and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, I, I, I mean, I think if I'm going to take the time and do this properly, I might as well document it and see if anybody else can be benefit from it or be inspired along the way. Right. Love it. Cool. That's uh, that's what I wanted to go over on this episode. So uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you being here. And uh, as always leave us a comment, review it, rate it, wherever you're listening to this, make sure um, you you comment or like it or share it. Um, One thing uh, Oh, oh, I've got to leave you with a with a kitchen tip. That's right. Yeah. So so uh, I almost forgot. So this, <laughs> I was about to call you out. This is one thing we're doing at the end of every episode is leaving you guys with a nutrition or a kitchen tip. Um, so my tip for you guys, uh, Jerka, as you know, we have lots of clients who are women, lots of clients yes. who love their wine. Me included. You included. There you go. <laughs> uh, so we, we get this one a lot. Like people are willing, I'll give up all of my food if you don't make me give up my wine. And we won't make people give up their wine. We won't make people give up anything that's really important to them, but we'll teach them how to fit it into a balanced lifestyle. Yes. So one tip that we use often is cutting your wine with a sparkling water. And really, it's as simple as taking a zero calorie sparkling water 
mixing it with your wine to the proportion that you still love the taste. For some people, you could do a 50-50 split. Some people, maybe not quite as much. But basically, if you do a 50-50 split, you're getting half the calories half the in every calories. bottle of wine. And I'd say like, and start with a fraction, like a quarter. And then, you know, next time it's, and you get used to the, the taste and it becomes normal. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's awesome. Really good way Great to tip. still, still allow yourself to treat yourself with the wine, but not have it be a huge portion of the calories you're trying to limit throughout the day. Um, that's my kitchen tip. So thanks guys for listening. Uh, reach out to us. If you have any questions, leave us comments, like I said, review it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here.